0: welcome back everyone can you believe that it's the last week of baseball for 2023 absolutely bizarre this year flew by so fast we did not get the result we wanted with the atlanta braves but I dare say it sure was a fun season now here we are seeing whether the diamondbacks or the rangers win it all i do believe the rangers are going to win it but we'll see that being said let's go ahead and start looking into next year and seeing what the atlanta braves needs are based on players that they're losing it's a great time to look at that it's really fun to look at so let's go ahead and get started So before we get too far into it all, I do want to say that just like every single year when the regular season ends, well I guess I should say when the season including the postseason ends, we typically take a step back in the podcast rather than doing an episode. Every single week we will do an episode maybe once a month or so, get some fun interviews in until the regular season or the season starts ramping up, preseason starts ramping up next season. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you so much for another awesome season of week-to-week Week podcast with Dug Dugout. I could not do this without the listenership and the support. It's been a great, great year. I can't believe we're through four seasons already. You've been following me on this journey, and I've loved every second of it. Not going anywhere, just taking a step back a little bit in the offseason like we always do, and we're going to hit it hard ...for season 5 next year. we got some great things planned and I can't wait for that. So with that, let's get started with this episode. Alright, so let's start with the biggest need. Even without looking at outgoing players or anything like that... ...it's pretty obvious based on the showing from the postseason and throughout the entire year... ...that the Braves could use another solid starter. Kyle Wright is out for the whole entire year... Due to surgery, we don't know if we can count on Bryce Elder. Yeah, he was awesome in the first half. He was an all-star. But over the past, or I should say his last 15 starts, he was horrible. He was absolutely horrible. He had an ERA that was almost 5.5 with a FIP that matched a WHIP or walk plus hits per inning pitched of 1.4-ish. And he's not the type of guy that you can depend on for an entire year. I'm still shocked that they started him in Game 3. I understand, well, who else would they have started uh, an opener? They had one of the best bullpens in the league. They should have gone that route. Okay? Um, It didn't make any sense... For them to pitch Bryce Elder in that situation. And he's not the type of guy you can depend on. I hate saying that because it was really cool to see how excellent he did the first half of the year. We all were rooting for him. But he's just not that guy. At least not right now. Not the guy. Well, let me put it this way. If he's your fifth starter, cool. Awesome. He's not your... You do not want him to be your number three starter in your rotation. Yes, the Atlanta Braves led the league in wins above replacement as an entire roster, and they were top nine in the starting rotation. However, Spencer Strider had 5.5 wins above replacement of their 11.7 wins above replacement. So if you have one pitcher that is worth 47% of your rotation's wins above replacement, it's very, very top-heavy. And on top of that, the Atlanta Braves ended up starting 15 different pitchers as a starting pitcher last year. That's cool that they had such great depth that they were able to do that, and that works well in the regular season, as we saw. But the fact of the matter is that the Atlanta Braves' starting rotation was ninth best in the league, which is good considering they started 15 different pitchers. However, it was masked. By the fact that they have the best offense in the league, so their their rotation did not need to be exceptional, okay. Uh, but when you when Bryce Elder is your third best, you're in a, you're in a you're gonna have an issue. The, we have a few question marks here. Is Charlie Morton gonna come back? There's a club option on him, so that means the Atlanta Braves could bring him back if they want. People can talk as much smack as they want about Charlie Morton. He had the best curveball in the league this year, and He would be the third best pitcher on the Atlanta Braves easily, without question, and he would probably be a top three guy on most rotations in the league, even on the Phillies, who had the best rotation in the league he would probably be their fourth best starter so it's not like Charlie Morton would be an ace and I think that's what it was There's a lot of people expecting him to be like a top of the rotation guy he's not anymore but he's still a competent pitcher and well worth the 20 million the Braves would pay him with the club option but what we don't know is if he's going to retire or not and like we already stayed with Kyle Wright he's out for the year does not look like Mike Soroka is a guy that you can bet on. It would be cool if he came back and was a good number four, number five guy. We don't know if that's going to happen. We don't even know if they're going to offer him his final year of arbitration or just cut him. We don't know that yet. There's a lot of questions. Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster do not seem to be the guys that you can count on to be a number three or number four starter. A.J. Smith, Shalver, yeah, he looks like he could be an option. The Braves could have traded him this past trade deadline but decided to hold on to him that to me points to them wanting to use him soon rather than later or could just be holding on to a trade piece but the fact that they were pushing for a world series last year they had a solid trade trip in him and decided not to go that route that tells them that they were planning on using him so he could be an option but even with all these question marks we're talking about what's who's our fourth starter You know, who's the third starter? And we don't even have a fifth starter. You don't have to have a fifth starter, but if you want to go far in the regular season, take some pressure off the offense, and then when you do get to the postseason, you definitely want a third starter that's elite to be successful. We've seen it with the Rangers, Uh, the Phillies, they beat the Braves because of their rotation. I mean, the Braves. Had the best offense in the league and the Phillies who had the best rotation shut them down and we saw it firsthand you have to have three very good pitchers to be successful in the postseason and the Braves did not have that this year we don't know if Max Fried will continue to be healthy it's his last year so what are the Braves going to do are they going to add a starting pitcher for the long haul that gets expensive all right Are they going to just have a placeholder? Are they going to do both? Either way, they have to add to the rotation. And so I want to talk a little bit about some guys that are some options in the rotation. What I mean by that is we already talked about A.J. Smith-Schalver could be an option. Bryce Elder might be in the mix for the fifth guy. I would say that he probably is. But what are some free agent options That the Braves could bring in. There's always the possibility of a trade as well, but let's talk about realistically what the Braves could possibly do with the starting rotation from the free agent market. We know that that's not typically the route that the Braves take, but it's something we can look at. The top names available on the free agent market is Shohei Otani, which we know is not going to happen. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who is going to be a top free agent from Japan this year. Also, Braves are not known for pursuing Japanese stars. I mean, it could happen, but odds are slim. We got Julio Urias, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray. Those are the top pitchers available this offseason. I don't really see the Braves pursuing them because all of them are going to be really expensive, and the Braves are already really close to the the threshold as far as the luxury tax goes. Do they want to push it over to to go after a World Series because of the insane offense that they currently have and push them over the edge with the elite rotation, we'll see. I don't see it happening, but it would be awesome if it did. I mean, I wouldn't complain, of course. I just don't see it happening. But what I I want to go through right now is look at players that could potentially leave the Braves, okay? Or really just the, the decisions that the Braves have to make. So, the Braves have option decisions on the following players. They have a club option on Charlie Morton, like we already talked about. A club option means the Braves get to decide if they tender them a contract. They also hold a $9 million club option on Eddie Rosario. This is one of those things where, do the Braves want to pay $9 million for Eddie Rosario? Rosario, a lot of people gave him hate this year. And, I mean... I don't know if it's because he was... I mean, I know why it was. In the offense, that was insanely good. He was really the weakest link. Although, he did have a 1.1 wins above replacement. He had 21 home runs. $9 million for 1.1 war player post-free agency is right on par with how much a player of Eddie Rosario's talent level or production level would cost. So, do they want to just... Exercise that option and have some certainty in left field, or do they want to go after someone else? Like, I don't foresee them going after a guy like Cody Bellinger or something like that because he's going to cost a lot of money based on this season when in the past few years he has not been good. I don't see something like that happening. Sorry to shatter your hopes. I know a lot of people liked the idea of Cody Bellinger in left field, I don't see it happening. I would not be shocked if the Braves exercise his option. Now, the Braves have a mutual option on Brad Hand. What that means is the Braves have to agree, and Brad Hand has to agree, on a $7 million mutual option. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, the Braves are not going to pay Brad Hand $7 million. So, they're probably going to be stuck with paying him a $500,000 buyout. There's also a $6 million club option on Colin McHugh with a $1 million buyout. That's a club option. The Braves get to fully decide that one. They probably are going to decline that option and opt for the $1 million buyout. And the final option is for Kirby Yates. This is also a club option or team option, which means that the Braves get to decide if they want to pay Kirby Yates $5.75 million or give him... A $1.25 million buyout. Kirby Yates is an interesting case. He had a 3.28 ERA with a 1.1 wins above replacement, which is solid for a reliever. I am not 100% certain on this one because his FIP was a 4.63, which means that he got extremely lucky in the ERA department, although his WHIP was pretty low at a 1.193. But he did not get a lot of strikeouts. He got pretty lucky this year. That's kind of a lot of money to pay for a guy like Kirby Yates. But as you can see, they'll be losing Brad Hand, Kirby Yates, and Colm McHugh if they don't if they don't exercise some of these options. So, of the three, I think Kirby Yates has the highest probability of them exercising the club option. All right, now let's go through the. Arbitration-eligible players, what this means is, you know, we've gone through the arbitration process, but we'll talk about it again. In a nutshell, what it means is the Braves and every team has a formula that they use that determines how much a player is worth every year based on the amount of st- the, their statistical output. And every single year within the arbitration process, a raise is also factored in into these calculations. So you could see someone that has five years in that's making way more money than someone that's two years in, even though the two years in player's a lot better, if that makes sense. Typically the way that it works in baseball is you're underpaid until you free, reach free agency and then you're overpaid once you're a free agent. Uh, not a very successful formula for teams to get free agents, but it's just how it is. Let's look at the arbitration eligible players. We got AJ Minter, Max Freed, Yanni Torinos, Michael Soroka, Nick Anderson, Nikki Lopez, Colby Allard, Ben Heller, Sam Hilliard, Michael Tonkin, Kyle Wright, Andrew Velasquez, and Oscar Yanoa. Now I gave you this list, although last night Sam Hilliard got uh, Sam Hilliard got claimed by the Baltimore Orioles, so he is no longer a Brave. So I just uh, just wanted to point that out in case you didn't get that news. As for the rest of these players, Ben Heller has been optioned to AAA, which means that with his service time, uh, with well, I guess I should say with him going overseas and coming back, he has an option to elect free agency if he wishes. And then Andrew Velasquez, three point zero three three years of service time. He does not have that option. He is owed seven hundred forty thousand dollars. So. He will most likely accept this outright assignment and be on the Braves AAA squad. The rest of the guys, it'll be interesting to see. Michael Soroka only is owed $3 million. They might want to keep him around for that $3 million just to see if he can come back. He obviously did not pitch well when he came to the majors last year. But only $3 million for a guy that used to be really good might be a gamble the Braves want to take. Max Fried is obvious. AJ Minter is the obvious. But the rest of them, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Michael Tonkin might come back. He's only would only be, the projected amount is $1 million. Colby Allard will probably be cut. Nicky Lopez, unfortunately, will probably be cut. Nicky Lopez will be owed $3.9 million. That's the projection. And then you have Nick Anderson. He'll probably come back at $1.6 million. Yanni Torinos is going to be an interesting one. The Braves traded for him, knowing that he was still eligible for arbitration this year. So does that mean that they're going to bring him back in a relief role and maybe spot starts here and there? He'll cost $2 million, that's the projection, after five years of service time. Do they want to gamble on him? He was not exceptional when he pitched for the Braves. but They, they saw something in him. Their analytics department saw something in him. Are they going to keep him around for $2 million and see if they can Fix him and get him back to what he used to be. That is going to be interesting to see for me. For two million dollars is a reason they traded for him knowing that he had this arbitration eligible year left. Are they going to tender him a contract? It'll be interesting to see. But most likely the most the highest odds are trinos Soroka, Lopez, Allard, and uh You know are probably the ones that have the highest probability of not being tendered a contract. And what that means is the Braves just don't offer them the money and let them walk. There are free agents on the team this year. Joe Jimenez, Kevin Pillar, Jesse Chavez. Those are your your free agents. Pierce Johnson was going to be a free agent, but as we know, the Braves signed him to a two-year deal, which I was absolutely stoked about. His peripherals were amazing when they brought him over from the Rockies. Well, I should say, let's say amazing. I mean, showed that he was way better than what he was doing. And then he came onto the Braves and absolutely dominated. So I'm ex- I'm really excited that the Braves kept Pierce Johnson around. I'd like to see Joe Jimenez come back if they can get him back cuz he was really really good for most of the year. He had a few start or starts. He had a few appearances here and there where he was not exceptional, but overall he was really freaking good. This past year with a 3.04 ERA, 0.9 wins above replacement. I was a big fan of Joe Jimenez. I'd like to see him come back. But as you've probably deduced, other than the starting rotation, which we've already covered, the other area that the Braves will need to add is relief pitching. And that's every year. Every team always could use more relief pitching. It's just the way it is. That's why you always hear... People say, you know, a lot of athletes say, man, I wish I would have just played baseball. It's because with the rotation of relief pitchers that go through the league, you have the highest probability of being a pro baseball player than any other pro sport, it seems like. Just because so many, there's so much turnover with relief pitchers in the league. Meaning, yeah, you could make the league easier, but you could also not stay in the league just as easy uh, it's very, very hard to stay on a major league roster. It might be easier, but I don't. I would argue that it might not even be easier because of the minor league system. There's so many players in the minor league system. But either way, that's a discussion with that I don't have enough data to have. But I'm just saying there's a huge turnover with Leaf pitchers because they're so volatile. And to get a good bullpen is extremely hard to do. That's why teams are always, always, always looking for bullpen help. And it's no different this year for the Braves. They need bullpen help. They need rotation help. And then another big question is: What are they going to do with Eddie Rosario? Are they going to option? Are they going to give him the club option of nine million dollars? And even if they do, are they still going to be looking for some more support offensively? They just had a record offensive year. They probably can't keep that up again next year. The odds are just slim of that happening. But. It's not like offense was a weak point for them. So if they don't add a left fielder and they use that money for pitching, to me, that makes more sense to just keep Eddie Rosario and then rather than paying for a big free agent left fielder and add some pitching. But you know what? We haven't even talked about trades. There's other options out there. But I do want to save a trade episode for later because I want to give a full 30 minutes to looking at trade options but don't forget that the way that Alex Anthopoulos typically operates is he will trade for a young player that he does not have to pay a lot of money and take up a lot of the payroll so there's always that option where the Braves could trade for a left fielder they don't have a huge amount of trade capital anymore with their farm system but they may have a few guys here and there that may entice some teams to trade for We're not going to see some blockbuster deal like we did for Sean Murphy or Matt Olsen. That's just not going to happen. But we may be able to see the Braves add something of value to the Major League Squad with guys like Grissom. Grissom might be able to bring in someone that is worth a starting role on the Atlanta Braves, whether that's left field or starting rotation. Are they going to use Von Grissom in left field? We will not know for certain. it's gonna be really fun to see thank you so much for joining again this year this season it's been an absolute pleasure of mine from the bottom of my heart thank you so much again we're not going to do every week but we will do about once or twice a month so keep checking out that podcast feed so you can see when new episodes come out don't forget to like and subscribe and share the show so that people that don't know exist find it. It helps me out a lot. Follow the show at Braves Dugout Pod or my personal Twitter at People Sports. We have a Facebook page, which is booming. Facebook group. You can email the show at bravesdugoutgmail.com if you want to contact the show for business inquiries. The show's been doing awesome and it's all because of you. Thank you so much. And as always, go Braves.